This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a baby boy and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, some people know they want kids, and some people know they don't. But what if you don't care one way or the other? Is that even an option? Speaking of ambivalence, Biz kind of celebrates Ellis's birthday, and Teresa celebrates baby's first surgery. Woo! Hi, Teresa. Hi, Biz. That sounded like an intriguing opening. Yeah. Baby's first, baby's first Christmas, there's baby's first, first tooth, there's tooth. baby's first vodka, like whatever. <laughs> no, baby, no baby first no vodka. No baby vodka, no you baby guys. No baby vodka, guys. That one was a joke that one. That was a joke one. Don't write in. <laughs> uh, baby's first surgery. Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you fill us in? All right. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's getting a little, it's an outpatient surgery to basically remove some fluid that is somewhere that it's not supposed to be. Okay. Um, it's a pretty straightforward thing. It's actually relatively common. Um, and he will be fine. Um, and basically, I'm just... I'm, How are you going to be? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> like, I've known this was coming for, yeah. like, months. So, and I I know that it will be fine. And, I like, I know who his surgeon is. It's his... It's his doctor. Like, I know, I know, you know, I trust the people and I know that it's going to be fine. Um, I've talked to a lot of other parents who have gone through the same exact thing and their kids are all great and it's all good. (laughs) Yes. So I don't, I, I feel like, I feel like he will be safe. However, I am just, well, it's like a couple things that are stressing me out. The first one, which I mentioned to you, like, a couple weeks ago, I was at his, like, pre-op appointments, and he had a little cough, and they told me, well, um, you know, that's fine, we just, he probably has time for his cough to go away, but they don't want him to have any, like, respiratory, like, anything going on when he has surgery, because it's not good when they're under general anesthesia for them to, because it can mess with their breathing. So I'm like, "Uh, okay, great, I guess, you know, hopefully the cough, it wasn't a bad cough, I assumed it would clear up by then, but I said, well, you know, but he is in daycare, I mean, it's He does go out in the world. Well, that's the thing, it's like, (laughs) I I said, like, you know, it's cold and flu season, they tend, because they do. My kids, during this time of year, they tend to just get one thing after another to the point where it seems like they're just sick all the time. Right. Like, not always sick enough to stay home from school. Like, not always, like, feverish ill. But, right. like, they've always kind of got not a runny something. nose or, like, a little <laughs> yeah. cough or, like, whatever. Um, and so I said, well, you know, even if this clears up, like, I was almost more worried that there were still two weeks until the surgery. Because yeah. I'm like, if there's still two weeks, this is going to clear up in a couple days, sure. But he's bound to get something else before the next <laughs> one, you know. And um, and she said, well, yeah, definitely. If you can just keep him home then for the next <laughs> for the next 16 days, that would probably be better. Hey. And I just looked at her. I just looked at her. I didn't say anything. I didn't. I didn't say anything rude. I didn't say anything um, (laughs) particularly gracious either. I just thought about that. And Uh what I think I said to you afterwards was, I don't understand how parents anywhere are expected to do anything ever. Yeah. Because, sure, okay, I'll just put my entire life on hold for two weeks. Yeah. Just in case my kid might pick up something at daycare. But but, 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 when you texted me, my thought was this. 
Well, then maybe you and Jesse yeah. shouldn't go out, and you know you have we another all, kid yeah. who also goes to who's the just a toxic yeah. waste dump right. who's bringing stuff who's in bringing and stuff out in constantly. Like he's I, going to school. Yeah. So okay, should we all be in quarantine? No, I don't know. It was just. Yeah, it was just crazy. And then, like, of course he got over the thing, but then immediately after Thanksgiving, our whole family, well, actually, Jesse was fine. The rest of us got totally sick with a stomach thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Totally sick, which was horrible. And I was, like, not only feeling just awful with that, but just freaked out, like, how many days is this going to last? Is he going to be able to, I'm going to have to reschedule this. We're going to have to start all over. Right. You know, um, maybe I'll reschedule it for a fucking year from now. (laughs) Or maybe I'll reschedule it for the summer when they're less likely to be sick. Um, So that's just been, and he's actually, it's the day before the procedure right now. Um, By the time this show comes out, he will have just had the procedure. Um, But it's the day before right now, and he is healthy. Yeah. He is healthy. So all is going according to plan. He will go in tomorrow. But of course, like, the rules are like, we have to be there by 12. He can't have milk. He can have milk up to eight hours beforehand. So great. He can have milk before 4 a.m. Right. So that's that's convenient for my two-year-old. After that, he can have juice until two hours beforehand. So I have to hang out with... A toddler tomorrow morning no food or who has no idea what's happening. Yeah. He just turned two. He literally has yeah. no idea what's coming. Okay, Oscar, listen. Yeah. I'm going to need you to control your appetite yeah. for the next couple of hours no because you're having a sur- yeah. Let mama tell you what surgery is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, what the— f- It's just not—I mean, yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah. So he basically, I'm like—and— and, you know, why, I, the, why, can the, I why know, can't they, they do, do it in the it morning? I know. He's two. I was like, and somebody, the worst part is somebody in the pre-op like system yeah. mentioned to me. And usually, don't worry, usually with the little kids, they schedule them first. They do the youngest yeah. first in the day because it's so hard for them to wait. And I said, oh, that's nice. Then like five minutes later, they're telling me my the surgery is scheduled for 2 p.m. We have to check in at oh, noon. Oh, my so, God. That is all day. I know, I know. And so not only that, I don't know what time we're going to get out of there. It's not an overnight stay, so we've, like, set up an arrangement for somebody to take Simon home from school and whatever. It's again. It's a lot. It's just a lot of things, and like the and like beyond all of those things, the thing that is bothering me the most is the fact that they are going to like wheel him away. And I just can't Can't, be the. You know what I mean? And I know they have to do that. And I and I. I've asked a ton of questions and I know how it's all going to go down and I know the reasons for the way they do the stuff that they do. But like, I just don't, I I don't want to have to have that moment. And there's nobody that can save me from that moment of like them wheeling him away. Like there's nobody who can step in there for me because regardless, there is that Moment. moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that is my... I know he is going to be okay. I know that everything, like, I know this needs to happen. And, you know, I, I, I just, I just, that is like the one thing that I just like don't want that, you know? I know. Yeah. Yeah. I am deeply sorry for your moment. (laughs) Thank you. You know, and I just, as a life lesson for myself, my instinct is to ask you a bunch of questions Uh that I know you've already thought of. You know what I mean? And like, and I'm not going to. (laughs) Thank you. So I, but I, but because that would be so unusual for me, I didn't want you to think that I wasn't, I didn't care. (laughs) Thank Um, you. I know you care. I care a great deal. And that 
is a really hard moment, and you're probably doing the right thing by focusing on all the stuff that you also can't control, like the food and not, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. just beat the food thing up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, fucking go nuts about that. Yeah. I am really sorry for that moment. Yeah. And thank I am going to be sending you all my thoughts tomorrow. Thank you. I really and, appreciate it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Thanks. Yeah. How uh, about you? What's going on with you? Uh, Ellis turned two. Oh, yay! yay! Ellis, happy it's birthday, been a very Ellis. difficult two years, guys. <laughs> uh, but we're. But I. I believe I said to someone, you know, th- that that doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and mm-hmm. I am incredibly strong coming Dude. out of these two years. Yes, you are. Um, but I was thinking that like Ellis is like such the quintessential second child in like in in his life right now, mm-hmm. in the sense that everything that is like important about your child's Mm. big milestones and celebrations uh, that with our first child, we made a huge deal out of. Mm -hmm. With the second one, it's like, oh, just go by Ralph's and grab a cupcake. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know if those are fresh. I know. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Do we have cake? Is there cake? I'm so with you on that. Like, we were like at, and it's right around Thanksgiving. Yeah. So you're either traveling or you're like, you just got through you're with something weird. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, oh, maybe you're at a relative's. Do you bring all your presents? Do you not bring yeah. your presents? Do you do a big thing? Yeah. You know? And, like, yeah. it just was. And he's two, so it's just weird. It kind of like, doesn't matter to him. So it kind of doesn't matter yet, for him. So you're not is, sure how much to do. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. I yeah. mean, he, like, really totally was, like, way into, like, it's my birthday. Like, in the fact, you know, know, like, in the sense of, like, yeah. birthday. Yeah. Oh, this is two. Yeah. And the babysitter, like, thought it'd be really funny to say, you know, teach him how to say terrible twos. And so oh he thinks it's hilarious to run around and say terrible twos. Oh, my God. That's he's amazing. A, he's a fucking adorable two-year-old. Um, uh, so, yeah, I just, that, that's it. Like, it's just one of those things where, like, you know, leading up to it, you're not thinking about it. Then you panic right around the day of the big milestone. Yeah. And it still doesn't come out anything awesome per se right you know what i mean right. i mean pictures because there was nothing to take a picture of oh we it was like the nothing same to take thing. a picture oh, of guys yeah. so it was like i mean it's like taking a picture of him because it's tuesday you know what i mean yeah. like, it doesn't matter and uh and then you come out on the other side like did that happen i know i mean like Stefan makes a video for of our kids like we take videos of them and then he makes a music video for each year mm-hmm it always comes out, and that's great. Yeah. And what's really fun about Ellis's videos is it makes it look like everything's great all the time. <laughs> Katie Bell's videos, those are pretty much spot on. But <laughs> Ellis's, you're like, there's not a single scream, oh or God. like he always looks like he's rested. You know what I mean? Like, all like, I'm like, wow, Ellis's videos are just lies. Anyway, th- those are all real moments that happen. They're all real moments that happen. <laughs> but like, other than that, eh. Okay. Poor ambivalent. Okay. Child, second child's birthday. Yeah. All of his pictures will wind up in a shoebox. <laughs> you know? Later, he can advocate for himself and yeah. say what he wants, and then you can. Just then I can be like, "Well, that. here's your shoebox. Yeah. Go find some pictures of us loving you." <laughs> Speaking of ambivalence, today we are going to talk about the tricky middle ground in terms of planning for kids. That middle ground being when you don't really care if you do or you don't have kids. 
please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Miss and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yeah. Today's topic is brought to us via the One Bad Mother private Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah. It's the place where you get to come and talk about things you want to talk about, and they don't wind up on your public Facebook page yep. for all your friends or relatives to be like, yeah, horrible person for <laughs> making that. Um and, and it's a place to discuss the show. Yeah, or discuss the show. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's, a, it's a little A, a little B, it's a little everything. Um, if you, uh, real quickly, if you're already a member, great. If you're not a member, we hope you'll join us. And if you join us, we hope you will really take the time to look at our group description so you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Because it's not your average parenting group. True. Or show group. <laughs> it's yeah, not, true. It's really neither of those yeah. things. Uh, but anyway, one of the discussions that came up was um, from a listener who said, that she and her partner really don't care one way or the other about they, yeah, having kids. Sure. They're not sure. It's not like, it's not like they're like, the I don't want kids. Yeah. And they also aren't, I gotta have kids. Yeah. They are literally on the fence. Yeah. Could happen, could not happen. It's not yeah. even, it's not even, she's not even in the place of let's fool around and see what happens. No. It's literally, I have no opinion uh-huh. one way or the other. Yeah. If I have kids, mm. and she, <laughs> there were two points that she made. One was she feels really weird talking about it mm-hmm. uh, and was wondering if anybody else felt that way. Mm-hmm. Big surprise, everybody. Lots, Lots of, other of people, people feel, feel that, that way. way. <laughs> uh, but her example that she gave of, of why this felt weird was that she always knew she wanted a dog. <laughs> Like I'm so laughing I lo- with, with her, her right now. I know. By I know. The way. I'm so laughing so with get her. It. This is not a you had a dog laugh. Yeah. This is like yeah. I, I so totally, get it. Yeah. I totally understand. She's like I always knew I wanted a dog. Yeah. And the moment we were able, we had our life <laughs> set up in a manner that was appropriate to have a dog. We got a dog. Yeah. And there was just it was it was like this is absolute. Pa- passion to yeah. have this dog in their life, yeah. right? And this dog is the most important, and it's just great. She's like, is it weird that I don't have that, like, passion about the thought of having kids, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and then people had some great answers, and yeah. one of my favorite responses was a woman who was like, yeah, I literally helped give birth to this dog, and the moment I looked in that dog's eyes, I knew this dog was for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then she gets pregnant, and she's like, huh, and she yeah. like had a, she had like a hard time connecting with yeah. like PPD and she like all that stuff that yeah. we all have gone through. Yeah. But it was so great to see that in conjunction with the yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, so we thought this actually made for an interesting conversation to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess I'm gonna start with let's just I'm pretty sure we've probably mentioned this somewhere mm-hmm. at some point in the show, but just yeah. to recap, yeah. Teresa and I are moms. Yep. <laughs> we have kids. Uh mine's six. And two, Teresa's are four and two. Yep. Uh, did you? So we we clearly made a decision. <laughs> yeah, but before that, we those, live with that every, we, every day. day. 
for the rest of our lives. Those kids want a more varied diet than my pets do. <laughs> um, what did you know? You where were you? Where were you on the pre-baby I knew. scale? Yeah. I knew. Yeah, I was. I, I knew about the dogs and the babies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I think all along, I just always knew I wanted to have yeah. kids. Always knew I wanted to be a mom. Always yeah. knew I wanted to have kids. Always knew I wanted so, so now, <laughs> scruffy dogs. Yeah, scruffy dogs. This, that that brings up a point we're going to talk about later uh-huh. about that. Always knew I wanted to be a mom. And I always knew I wanted to have kids because I yeah yeah I yeah think that they're different. I think there's something different. different there. Yeah. Um, I I I think I always wanted to have kids. You uh-huh. know, I somebody brought up a good point. Uh, and I feel like this was reflective of my life. We had animals growing up. I was uh-huh. the youngest. Uh-huh. There were always animals in our lives, mm-hmm. dogs and cats, but there were never kids yeah. in our life. It was my yeah. older sister and it was me. We weren't around like cousins or family all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the other kids in our lives were the friends that we had. Mm-hmm. So there was no, and even then, those friends, like we weren't like hanging out with a troop of siblings yeah. running around right. like we weren't that herd of kids right you know? we where were, there's like kids of all ages and yeah. little brothers and sisters running along yeah, after it just you. wasn't yeah. our thing so yeah. i knew we i clearly knew i'd have animals the rest of my life mm-hmm. uh but the kid thing i was like yeah i think i'd like to have i'd like to have kids mm-hmm. uh even i can remember at one point in time in my 20s you know not being in a relationship and thinking all right well if by the end of my 20s you know i'm not in a relationship and don't have kids I may just take that into my own hands. Yeah. You know, I may just get my, you know, go yeah. like that, go, you know, chemical through some sort of chemical yeah. way of having children, yeah. pick some sperm, adopt. I don't know. Yeah. I thought that would be it. And then you mm-hmm. get into your 30s and then you get into relationships where you're like, is this the right relationship? And then you're like, oh, thank God that wasn't the right relationship. <laughs> and then you go try another relationship and you're like, is this the right relationship? Okay, this is. Now we've got to, you know, mm-hmm. there's lots of things that come in. Mm-hmm. To yeah. where you are on the kid scale. Yeah. And I do think once I hit my 30s, there were some moments of, huh, do I want to have kids? Mm. So but, you, so later there was some disbelief. Do you think that was because you approached the time where, like, I think it's really easy when you're young to be like, oh, of course, eventually I have kids. Yeah. Like, I remember being like a teenager and being like, well, I'll definitely have kids by the time I'm, I'm 20, 25. Yeah, I was like 28. Like, I was sure yeah. that by the time I was, and by the time I got to 25, I was like, okay, I was really confused about like how this whole thing works. Like, this is not going to work that way. Right, for me, right. for me. Yeah, I know lots of people yeah. do have kids at that age. I but look back on that now and I'm like, damn, I wish I'd had kids at 25. Well, I know. Some parts of me do <laughs> I, know, I, know. I know. But like, but point being, like, the closer you get to the time where it's should happen now then I can see now you're actually thinking okay well now I have to like really think about yeah like really know because I was like like, look at how this will change my life like now now really you yeah Yeah, I I was was like 35 and then you know I had Katie Bell like a month before I turned four I mean Uh I had Ellis a month before I turned 40 Uh you know what I mean so like we were yeah on the far end yeah uh, but I knew I wanted to, but I always knew I wanted to have them. But there yeah. was no like ticking, ticking clock. Right. I do think there is a weird, it feels weird to talk about wanting to have kids. I think it's also weird to talk about definitely not wanting to have kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's this other third category of 
not really caring one way or the other. I do understand this question of, is it weird to be ambivalent? I do understand, like, that people can find it a lot easier to understand when you're, like, clearly in one camp or the other. Like, I think that it's people don't know what's going on with you if you don't. You know what I mean? I think it's unfair. Totally. I think it's, well, it's just unfair. It's totally unfair. unfair. All of it is unfair. All of it's unfair because (laughs) I can remember... There, there clearly was a stage in my life where I wasn't putting out the vibe mm-hmm. that I was going to have kids because I have run into many people, especially when I go home to Alabama. Um, uh, a lot of my friends are just like, just flat out said, it is so hard to imagine you as a mom or huh. I can't believe you have kids. Whoa. Right? Yeah. And guys, I wasn't doing heroin no, or anything. You know I what know. I mean? It wasn't like I was, you know, I, it just, I was different, you know, not at my core or anything, but you yeah. know, like it was a different lifestyle. And, uh, but it always throws me, yeah. even like people with kids. Yeah. Like, wow. Or the people with that, like, wow. And I'm just like, Felt like I was a little nurturing at some does point. Does that? Then. Yeah. How does that make you feel? At like the first, wow, I, like, I feel like is a little. Anytime well, somebody <laughs> says wow to me about something, I'm like, what? <laughs> Actually, you know what? The, for all the things that I'm not at peace with, uh-huh. usually in my current journeys that I'm yeah. on, I'm usually pretty good at reflecting on okay. my past. So, like, I'm kind of like, I guess I could see you that. See. I mean, okay. I, I could, I can understand yeah. it. It okay. wasn't like I was a monster to children or anything. It no. wasn't like they didn't think I could do it because I was like, "Fuck you, kids." But I think, I think it was just a hard role for them to see me in yeah. versus the roles that I was in. Mm-hmm. I, whatever, it doesn't matter because I am a mom, right? And I have kids, right? So there's that, right? So whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, I do think it's unfair that we put people into these camps where they're not really allowed to have the discussion. And a lot of that falls back into the, you know, the big takeaway we always talk about, which is when people talk to you about things, they're not talking at you, they're talking yeah. to you. But it's very hard when you're wrestling with your own decisions. Yeah. Or uh, to not feel like you should have an answer. Yeah. Right? But what I what I liked about, what I wanted to talk about a little bit with the ambivalence thing is it is funny does that really only apply to the kid question? Because, like, mm-hmm. pets, yeah. for the most part, but I don't know. We could have our friends from Can I Pet Your Dog back on because yeah. I, I, one of them is definitely, I don't know if I should have a dog yet. Yeah. Right? Well, and now she's like, I definitely am getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> and it's like, okay. You clearly <laughs> love on dogs. The, she's on the path. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, but. But it, I think part of it is, I agree, it, there, it can it can apply to so many things, but it's just having kids is, is, like, kind of a biggie in terms of, life but like I think that I think that being ambivalent is hard it's hard to feel ambivalent about something it's hard to feel uncertainty uncertainty is very very hard and it's hard for other people to accept your uncertainty. Oh. And so and it's hard for other people to accept you changing your mind about okay. things too. That's so like exactly right. So like what sucks is that you're in this position and when I say you, I mean we, all of us, yeah. like about one thing or another where like maybe we're not sure about something, but we're feeling pressure from ourselves and from others to decide one way or the other. But the trick is that once we make that decision, it's going to be a thousand times harder to, to change. change our mind. You know, and so we this... just dig deeper and deeper. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Because, like, you could do it. Like, I've had plenty of friends who've been like, hmm, do I want to pursue, you know, this artistic career or do I want to go into brain surgery? Yeah. And you're like, 
Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's your split? Yeah. You know, but both could be fine. Yeah. And I, you know, or do I want to stay in this career path or this? Do I want to move to this part of the country or do I want to stay here? Do I want to? Yeah, there are lots of these big decisions that mm-hmm. we have yep. that affect our lives. And yet if we change our mind, we put this pressure. I compare it to uh, moving to New York City. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, when you move to New York City, you usually go because you have a reason to be there. Mm-hmm. People who just go to New York usually find it very difficult after a while. Mm-hmm. You need like a reason. Unless they have a lot of money. Yeah, unless you're <laughs> totally fucking rich. But if you're not totally fucking rich, you usually are there for a reason, to pursue a passion. Mm-hmm. And when that passion is gone, it's usually time to move on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, So most people, at least in my world of the performance world, you go to New York And if you ever choose to leave, even knowing that the opportunities are so much better somewhere else for you, Mm -hmm. you won't leave. Mm -hmm. People find it really hard to leave because they feel if they do, everybody's going to say you failed. Because you go to New York City to succeed, and even if you've done a ton of stuff that you wouldn't do anywhere else, the moment you leave, you're failing, you're quitting, you're giving up. Even though every person I've ever spoken to who wound up moving a year later is like, this is the happiest I have ever been in my life. And I'm so much more able to pursue my passions. But there's a weird thing. Because you think anybody who's not in New York, like all my old friends will think I gave up. Mm-hmm. Or people will see me as, you know, quitting. Mm-hmm. Um, or failing because I didn't succeed mm-hmm. to whatever this weird point of level of success is supposed to be. And I wonder if that, I, I feel like that's that pressure mm-hmm of these decisions. And I guess the big difference between the move or house or job or even a pet is that you can fix those things if you decide you did not like them. Mm -hmm. But with a baby, I think the pressure is if I decide to commit to having a baby, you're in it. Yep. For the long haul. Yeah. And and it's a and there is a lot of adjustment one way or the other. And I think with the ambivalence, I think one of the problems is I are I would feel mm-hmm. if I with ambivalency towards having children that if I then have them, people might not think I would be very good at it. Right. Because I wasn't crazy passionate about it. Yeah. Or and, you're afraid you might because if you have right. a kid, you don't know how it's gonna feel. Am I gonna, gonna like it? Go. Yeah. yeah. Am I gonna what like if it? I'm bad at it because I don't have that desire? Right. Like, and what we've heard yeah. time and time again, this is just like a little show note to talk about mm-hmm. real quick, is that it happens, people feel, have different outcomes regardless of what they went into the kid experience having. Mm-hmm. We have certainly spoken to people who were super passionate about having kids, mm-hmm. and then they had the kids, and it was really difficult when they didn't connect, or they found it really hard, or they didn't, it wasn't, mm-hmm. they, they just looked at this baby and were like, who are you, mm-hmm. right? I feel nothing for you. Uh, and they had to work on it. That was really difficult. We've had people who were like, I am never having kids. What do you mean my birth control didn't work? Now I have a kid and just boom. It's like we're like magic. Yeah. Magic. This was what I was meant to do. Yeah. So like the whole being ambivalent about it, I can understand how that would freak you out. Yeah. But how how it doesn't mean anything anything. about what would actually happen. So that leads me to this next question, which is you knew you wanted to have kids. But did you, is there a difference between wanting to have kids and wanting to be a parent? Because I feel like 
that may be the harder thing people see when they mm. see me with kids. Like, mm-hmm. are they having a problem with me having a kid next to me? Or do they find it hard to believe that I'm a mom, mm-hmm. right? Like, And I know that for me, the greatest thing that I wrestle with post-kids mm-hmm. is I love I love having the kids. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really good at having kids, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I just boom, baby, yeah. right? But I have a real hard time accepting myself as a mom. Uh-huh. Right? Like that is different for me. Mm-hmm. I don't connect the two. I actually probably have more ambivalence towards what I was supposed to be as a mom than I did right. just the idea of having kids in my life. Yeah. Well, we've also talked about just the idea of mom, right. like the image of mom, mom and like how cool moms are. Hey, mom. Like, and the whole point of doing this show originally for right. us was like we wanted something cool for that moms. was for moms, right. you know. Um, so I I mean, yeah, I'm totally with you on that struggle. I mean, I think I'm I'm not I'm not the right person to ask about that because I think I've just always been kind of a mom. Like, I think I, I mean... <laughs> Like, it's I'm, it's not something I'm, like, super proud of. It's just, like, no, that's my it. personality. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm the oldest child. Like, I had younger siblings. I just, I I think I take after my mom yeah. in a lot of ways. And, like, I just, I don't know. I well, just, I've always the... wanted, I always wanted pets. Like, from the time I was yeah. little, I always wanted to be, like, taking care of. You're a nurturer. Yes. That's just, yeah. that is just my thing. Yeah. And it is, like, it would, it's what gives me energy. You know, right. like, it's it's a thing for me. Like, that is a thing about me. So, that was not a big adjustment to yeah. make for me. But, like, but like I don't think that, again, like, I don't think that that, that is, like, necessary. Like, I, it's just, that is, like, a. Uh, that is a personality trait about me. But, yeah. like, there's other personality traits that can serve you so well as a mom that, like, I don't have. You know what I mean? Like right, my, my instinct to survive yeah. at all costs. Uh, <laughs> Apocalypse. Yeah. Scenarios, yes. That's, that's um, actually pretty key. <laughs> I mean. Bar tricks. Yeah. I'm really good at bar tricks, <laughs> thanks to my dad, uh, and poker. Um, so... But I, I guess I guess I wonder for those people who are yeah, asking these questions on the fence, yeah. is that part of, should we yeah. be looking at that as an additional question? No, because I think it's <laughs> no, because I think it's bullshit. Like okay. I think it's a right. distraction because we don't know because we can only look at other parents. And be oh, like, that's, you know what I parents. mean? Right. It sucks. <laughs> and you're always like, oh, that's what parents are like. I don't want to be like that. Yeah. But you're not going to be like that. You're going to be yourself. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know. yes, your life is different because of the kids. But I think the focus should be like, do I want to like raise a child? You know what I mean? Right. Like versus... Because I don't think you can know what you will be as a parent. Like, I don't know who you, you don't know who you're going to be when you're a parent. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. I mean, I think that's what this boils down to is the Mm. great uncertainty Mm -hmm. uh, that plagues us Mm -hmm. with all of these types of decisions. But, but the kid one is a big one because, you know, you are inviting this person to your party and you have to be responsible for their you know having a good time as it were on some level so yeah, I, yeah, I feel yeah. like there is there it, it deserves the respect of yes it's an it's a big one yeah to be ambivalent about but or it's a big one to have ambivalency about being ambivalent or yeah. to be stressed out about maybe not feeling one way or the other yeah but i think that what we have to work on and 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 this is something I know I still work on as a 
parent, as somebody who already made the decision, uh, is that uh, we can change our minds and it's okay in yeah. terms of how we view it totally. and how we're doing it. And like, so if we say, I don't ever want kids, and either you, oops, have a kid or you uh, suddenly decide you want to have a kid, yeah. it shouldn't, that shouldn't be yeah. jaded or marred yeah. by whatever you think people think about you yeah. for changing your mind. Totally. Because they probably aren't. Yeah. And if they do, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> Just get, cut it, cut it, get out, yeah. right? And the same with if you've always been like, I'm totally going to have kids. Yeah. And then life takes you in a path where, you, where that doesn't happen. You choose not to do that. Yeah. That's also okay. Totally. And if you're ambivalent. That's the one I feel like should get the most like pat on the back. Yeah, that's totally okay. I it's think it's really awesome. it's a ama- it's really like I think it's like really impressive. Yeah, it's like really you're you're really like listening to yourself and yeah. being really honest. Yeah, like, that's so. But I wonder if the concern for people who are who feel that ambivalent mm-hmm. is well, time is ticking, and like how do I make the decision yeah. one way or the other? And, and that is hard, especially because I know like. For Stefan and I, when I started being ready, I was ready, and Stefan was totally ambivalent. Mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And so I had to be like, he wasn't like, I don't care, we're not trying. Mm-hmm. But it was like, we're trying now. Yeah. We're doing, I'm yeah. doing it. Yeah. And you will have to be involved. Yeah. And we will see what happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we had to push forward with that. And, I th- mm-hmm. and that's like a big, hard hump to push. And so mm-hmm. I wonder if, I have to imagine, because I know it was so for me, when we started trying, was the stress of should we start trying? Because it is true. It's a big change. It is a big change. I think... But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it or it doesn't mean you should do it. Because I feel like all the stuff is always this. Like Even talking about this portion of it, we may fall into the trap of children are blessings, you know, yeah, or, no. or the other, which yeah. is you don't know what you're going to get into. Totally. Like, <laughs> you don't yeah. want to fall into, you don't want to be, we don't want to be those asshats about it. I just imagine it's a really stressful place to be of how do I then go from ambivalence to a choice? Well, I think I have some recommendations about that Ooh. because I, I really, I, I, I think that um, when I've been struggling with big decisions in my life, get I a think, dog. Yeah, just always get a dog. <laughs> just get a dog. Um, no, I I think that um, a big one, like my mom used to always say this to me, which I think um, people have probably heard before, but I think it, it actually does help me sometimes is don't make decisions based on fear. Hmm. Um, and that like you, I think I, I find it helpful to think to myself like, what is what is like motivating me here mm-hmm. like what is causing me to want or not want right. each thing and like i think when i sort of think about it like for me i struggle with when i can't really decide about something it's usually because i'm caught in a place of what i kind of really truly want and what i imagine someone else wants um. or like what or in some cases it's what somebody outright I know that they want because right. they've said that that's what they want. Right. But the worst thing is when you're making a decision based on what, what you, you think. think somebody might want. That is the worst. And I fall into that trap a lot, but yeah. it, but I work on it. Um, And I think, and then I think there's the other one, which is what other people definitely want if it's at odds with what you want. Right. Um, and I think that includes what we imagine the world to think of us. So like if you're thinking 
people maybe want you to have kids or people maybe expect you to have kids or the opposite. Right. Or people kind of maybe won't think you're good at it or people kind of don't think you should or they'll think this about you. Like all of that is garbage because Mm -hmm. you don't actually know how other people are going to think or feel about it. And it doesn't it's not really relevant to how it's going to affect your life. Right. And so it's kind of like for me, it's parsing out all of those like outside factors, which get like intertwined with how I what I really want without me even realizing it but if I can kind of take it apart and like narrow it down to like what is the thing that I just actually want yeah (laughs) assuming everyone supports me (laughs) assuming like everyone in the world wants me to have what I want what is that thing that's really no that's really smart and and that applies to so many things but I I, I think at its at its core, it is exactly the right thing. I mean, even that should even apply to like, well, we name our, you know, the naming totally. our decision and yeah. do we let them sleep or not sleep or yeah. whatever. It really is about, you know, what I visually can imagine like standing there popping things, you know, yeah. that are floating around me yeah. being like, so and so will hate you. And yeah. They think you're a nerd or yeah. whatever. You know, you just <laughs> yeah. pop, 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 yeah. pop, and you're just left get with what do I want to yeah. get out of here. Yeah, no, I think that's really smart. I'm going to throw this out, not that you're prepared to do this, but if you were ambivalent or if you were just trying to make the decision, Mm -hmm. it's hard to not want to go seek out friends or family's advice. True. So what would you want them to say? Because, again, it falls into that trap of, like, you either either look at somebody and their kids and they're— and they're me, and yeah. they're like, this is so hard all the time. Yeah. And you're like, I don't want any of that. Yeah. Or you look at people, and it's so perfect that you're like, is that even real? Is that, like, even happening? Yeah. And then those people feel like like it's my great desire to tell people that it's a challenge. Yeah. And people who yeah. look perfect or are actually having a really go at it, good go at it want to yeah. say, it's really great. Yeah. And neither of those might be helpful mm. because here's because we all know the truth is— that's not who your kids are going to be. Right. That that kid pooping behind the tree isn't your kid. Right. That kid playing really graciously at age three <laughs> with all these other children, that's not your kid either. Right. It's not your partner. It's not your work. It's not your life. Like, that's not who you're going to have. Yeah. So what would you want to hear or what do you think at least is a good thing to say? Because you also don't want to be this one. What do you think? I know. Because that I don't know. You know what though? Do you ever find yourself asking like asking advice from the person who you kind of know is going to give you like even subconsciously who kind of know is going to give you the advice that you want? Mm. Does that ever happen? Oh, like, yeah, sure. like I feel like sure. if you like if you are really on really 100% on the fence about having kids, I mean, you would just look at you would just look at par- like you would have to talk to parents who seem like to you to like ha- like who seem to you to have like a kind of life that is the kind of one that you kind of right. want to have and okay. like talk to them about it. I'm guessing. Yeah. Like I think it's more about who you ask than what we should say, right? Because yeah. if you're asking for advice, somebody's going to com- try to convince you one way or the other because right. you're asking for advice. And this is like it's really a danger zone for asking whether you should have kids because it really is not yeah. about anyone else. Like I wonder if it's, it's better It's only about it's it's I think it's more about asking for the information yeah. that that will feed your desire. Yeah, like, I wonder if it's more like I need to use you as a sounding board right now. Mm-hmm. Like I want to say yeah. these things out loud at a person. Yeah, it's not my partner or my own brain. Yeah, and 
hear thoughts, yeah, not advice, you know, yeah. or maybe you can ask me some questions, yeah, or because I do think, you know, I, you know, as, as hokey as it sounds, I do firmly believe that when you engage with other people, there is good, there are good things to come out of it. There mm-hmm. are good bits of knowledge. It may not be everything that they said. It may be something that they said that you didn't like, but there may be something to gain from that. Mm-hmm. Or there may just be like, a, oh, I hadn't thought about this one perspective. Mm-hmm. And after listening to you for 30 minutes talking about stuff that I don't <laughs> agree with, I did get this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm a little bit of a everything happens for a reason kind of gal yeah, yeah. sometimes. Yeah, and like uh, so I think if maybe you're the fence sitter as you take all this in, you have to be really good about, you know, not looking at it as black and white, but looking at it as this color spectrum, as mm-hmm. this like, okay, they're not answering the question for me, but I'm looking for something I hadn't thought of before, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like maybe, because yeah. I think it gets us two ways. For those of us who are the listeners, we've got to be real careful not to be like, this is what you should do. Right. And as the askers, we got to be really careful that we're not presuming that's what anybody we speak to wants to do to us. Yeah. 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 yeah I like it. I think we should just, you guys should totally do it. <laughs> that's But you guys should totally have kids so that you can commiserate with us more. Yeah. <laughs> or don't. Or don't have kids and come babysit our kids. Wah, wah. Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie. Ross. Hi, Carrie. What do you think is creepier? Okay. You jump into a swimming pool. All of a sudden, the water goes away, and instead of water, there is the bones of your dead ancestors or Mm -hmm. our show. That's pretty tough because we've visited a live exorcism. We joined the Ordo Templi Orientis where we had to worship a naked lady. Oh, and we joined that Tony Alamo cult. They were scary. Super creepy. We joined the Ethereum Society. We tried penis enlargement, or at least I did. Oh boy, I tried breast enlargement. We have basically done every creepy, weird, fringe thing except for thousands more, which we will get to if you listen to our show. I'd still say the swimming pool with my ancestors' bones. Well, and I don't even know if people should listen. I guess they shouldn't. But if you want to... Two were at maximum fun, and the show's called Ono Ross and Carrie. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206 350 9485. That's 206 350 9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius.
Well, we were just talking about our Facebook group. Uh, there's another Facebook group for another Max Fun podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog? Um, <laughs> and the hosts were on our show a month or two ago. A month or two ago, yeah. 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 Um, but anyways, they have a Facebook group that's also a lot of fun if you love dog pictures. They just have people <laughs> basically posting pictures yeah. of their dogs all the live long day. And like you can just go there and look at cute pictures of dogs. And it's really great. <laughs> but the other day, I was looking at my phone stupidly. Yeah. Um, but also... Oscar happened to notice what I was looking at, and Simon came over too. And they and I'm like, look, it's these dogs, and they're like, we want to see more dogs. So I just hung out with them for a few minutes, letting them look, at, scroll through pictures from Can I Pet Your Dog, and I'm telling you, not only do they just love it so much, but there is something so magical about a two year old and a four year old looking at pictures of dogs and saying the word cute over Aww. and over again, like. Little something about like little kids calling something else cute, yes. like cute little kids talking about something that they think is cute, is the cutest thing it's that really ever cute. happens. I mean, it's just so cute. That's cute. So it was cute. That's that's very cute. Yeah, that's cute moment brought to you by nurturing Teresa. Yeah. Um. All right. I'm pretty sure I had a similar genius, but this just felt so good. Okay. I'm sharing again. All right. So Ellis took him to his two-year-old doctor's appointment. Mm -hmm. I am not sure if I have shared how the previous since birth doctor's appointments have gone. He doesn't like them. Really? He, (laughs) he, he, you can't even, to measure his head, he would be hysterical. So, I mean, like anything, like we got to the point by like the third visit. And now mind you, when you're taking your kid those first three or four visits, they just get poked every time. Oh, yeah. There's no good reason to want to go if you are a baby. Uh, But like laying him down to weigh him was a fit. The measuring him was a fit. I mean, everything, it was like literally from the moment we get out of the car to the moment we'd leave, he'd be doing that horrible crying, screaming. And then I'm like, please don't make me wait in this waiting room. Please don't make me wait. Just come in and do this and let's get gone, right? So it just has been a nightmare. And then you get through with the 18 at the appointment and you're like, that's it. We don't have to have, we don't have to do anything. We don't have any more shots for Mm -hmm. a while. Like you're all cleared up. Uh, And so uh, between 18 months and this one, we've been busting out Katie Bell's doctor kit, which I had used with her when she was little Mm -hmm. to go to the doctor with. But really, we've been really playing with it a lot recently. You know, Katie Bell runs around giving him a shot all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now we got a lot of extra nurses, as Mm -hmm. it were, in the house. (laughs) Uh, But we look in our eyes and we do all the stuff, including the shots, which we would be like, okay, do you want to give mama a shot? And he, yeah. So he'd come over and he'd give me a shot and I'd go, ow! <laughs> right, and then I give one to him, and he would go ow, and then we give one to Katie Bell ow, and then we would do this over and over and over again, and then like you know a week would pass, and he'd pull the doctor cut out around, and we yeah. keep doing this. So we go to the doctor yesterday. And I say that morning, do you want to take the doctor kit so we can go and give the doctor an exam too? And he's like, yes. So we take it, we go in. He is so good from the moment we get in there. And he's like, because he gets to stand on the big boy scale now that he's two. He gets to stand and have his weight uh, and his height measured. And he was really good at that. Like, he looked confused, but he was good. They took his temperature, nothing. Eyes, ears, like, everything was so good. And it turns out we needed to get one more shot and the flu shot Mm because we were there. And I'm like, why not? Uh, so I say to him, you know, okay, we're going to, you know, get our shots. And, you know, do you want, um, do you want it in both legs? You know, do you want Mm -hmm. them in the one leg? (laughs) 
that's my kids. They're always like, yes, they have an opinion. Mm-hmm. He's like, one leg. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So we sit there. She gives him both shots. Mm-hmm. He doesn't cry. What? When he's done, when the second shot goes in, you can feel him like tense yeah. up. And then he goes, ow. Oh, my God. Ow. Oh, my God. I am like getting chills right it, now. It was like, that I was like amazing. screaming with pride. Yeah. I was just like, Ellis, you did so good. I mean, cause I'm. He can cry if he wants to. Oh, yeah. To. Oh, yeah. I sure. want my money's worth when I go to the doctor. <laughs> I was raised by a mother who was like, you give him everything you've got if you want to. This isn't fun. Right? Like, I don't care. Yeah. And so, like, it, I, I always tell the kids, you know, we yell, ow, or if you want to yell the whole time, I don't yeah. care. I couldn't believe That's it. That's amazing. And it was because it of was me. Totally it was totally because of you. Me. It was 100%, it was 100% because of you. Me. And I was like, I did it. That is awesome. That is such was, a good story. I just was, I really felt, no, oh, I felt so good. Good I know. job. I know. Times a thousand. Times a million. Yeah. Ow. I am a full-time working mom. I live in a house with a 12-year-old boy and a 34, 30, oh, he's almost, he's 39-year-old husband. <laughs> And um, in our house, whenever I make dinner, the boys are supposed to do the dishes, but it doesn't always work out this well, this way very well. So what I have started to do is whenever I'm cooking dinner, I whip up a pan of brownies from the box. Let's not get crazy. And then at the very end of dinner, I put those brownies in the middle of the table and I say that nobody gets any brownies until the dishes are done. And then I walk away. The kitchen has never been clear. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much. Have an excellent day. I love it's it. Great. I love, it's like dropping so the simple. gauntlet. It's yeah. like, boom, yeah. brownies. Yeah. Make this shit happen. Yeah. I love it. Perfect. I love it. Oh, parents, guys are doing a really good job, everybody. <laughs> it's amazing. Failures. Teresa? Fail, 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 fail! You suck. I just, I... I left Oscar's special security blanket at oh. preschool, and I left it there on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Oh. So, and I didn't discover it was gone until I was putting him to bed that night at 8 o'clock. And the wow. schools closed all weekend. So we were without it <gasps> for all the naps and all the bedtime and the whole four-day weekend. And... I mean, I don't need to say anything. It yeah, really yeah. sucked. Yeah, it you was, don't have to say. It was awful. It was awful. It was really awful. Oh, my God. I felt so bad. That's awful. Yeah. I'm really sorry. Go get it. Go oh, get it. no. Go to school. No. Go to school. No. Go get it. <laughs> Go get it, Blinky. Oh, Teresa. I'm going to upset your dog. Teresa's dog is here. I'm going to upset the dog because I'm so upset. Oh, that is the worst. <laughs> it was horrible. That's horrible. It was like worse than the fact that we all had the stomach flu yeah, all weekend. Yeah, that is in fact worse. It was worse. horrible. <sighs> Ooh, that's bad. What do you got? All right. So Thanksgiving week. We're off. Katie Bell's off the whole week, you know, starting that Monday of Thanksgiving week. And I'm like, you know, I think believe I mentioned on the show, I was going to rally. Oh, yeah. I was going to do some things with my kids, guys. I was about to ask how'd that go, but I realized we're in this <laughs> fail segment here. <laughs> well, so well, go on. Let me share. Okay. So uh, Stefan's got to go to work. And I'm like, 
I'm going to take the kids to the aquarium. Oh, yeah. I bet Ellis would be way into the aquarium. And Katie Bell's finally into the aquarium Mm -hmm. because she was unlike every other child. When I took her to the aquarium at like three Mm -hmm. or four, she's like, whatever. Uh I want to go to the gift shop. Uh Now she's actually into it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. Uh I'm going to buy the tickets the night before. Mm -hmm. So I just print them out. You know, Ellis isn't sleeping for the naps anymore. So we'll go down, be there right when the doors open. And I will uh, take uh, them back for him to sleep on the way home. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, that morning, I had a dental appointment at like 7.30 in the morning just mm-hmm. to get it out of the way. I'm on the way back. Morning had been chaos. I hadn't had my coffee. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I'll go stop by Starbucks and get my coffee before I go pick up the kids so we can mm-hmm. leave. Go by Starbucks. I've already ordered. I'm going through the drive-thru. So I've ordered. I'm now stuck between all these cars. And that's where I realize I have my purse, not the diaper bag. And oh, the God. diaper bag is where my uh, card is, my oh, bank my card. God. Like I had taken the bank card out to do something oh, and just God. stuck it in a pocket. So I had my wallet. So I wasn't, you know, but I didn't have money. I had no uh, money. And I'm in Stefan's car who never has. Right. I always have like an extra five like right. stuck in the ashtray or whatever for, for emergencies. Right. Uh, for <laughs> Mom brain emergencies. But his car is like, spot. there's nothing. There's nothing in there. So I have to go up and I'm like, hey, I don't even have kids to prove that I've right. lost my mind. I'm in his yeah. car, so there's no kid seats oh, or anything. God. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, oh, I don't have my wallet. I, it's bags and diaper bags. And I'm really sorry. I can't take the I have like yeah. $2.50 yeah. or whatever. And I needed like $3.75. Yeah. So she, she, the woman gave me a coffee, gave me my coffee, and she just took the money and put it in the chip box. Because they would have had to have thrown away the coffee anyway. But oh, it was really nice of her. That's so really nice. I'm feeling like a total idiot. Yeah. I go get the kids. We load everybody up. We have all the snacks. We have everything. I have the tickets. We get to the parking garage. Uh-huh. I realize I didn't necessarily put the card back in my wallet. <gasps> so we get to the aquarium without money. Okay? So I'm like... How do I? Yeah, like pay we, for I've got to pay even. for parking. Yeah. I have to pay for parking. Now we have yeah. food, so it's not like I have to worry about food. Tickets are done. This is like an hour drive, guys. This yeah. is not close. The aquarium. So luckily, it's my car now. So I have the five. Okay. And I have like it's going to be eight dollars for parking. So I'm like scraping around. I'm like I'm just going to have to go ask a mom. I'm going to have to like stop somebody. Yeah. And be like this situation. So we go in to the information booth where you can validate yeah. your parking ticket. And I say, is it cheaper to validate it for 8 bucks, or if we're gone in two hours, is that less? And the, like, 80-year-old volunteer working there loaned me the 3 bucks so that I could pay for the parking to get out. That's but nice. it was just, like, one of those things where I was like— yeah. Oh my god! I know. Oh my! Oh my god! I know. I, it just two was times in one morning. Two times in one morning. Yeah. But I want to say, for karma's sake, I was back at that Starbucks this morning, uh-huh. and I the woman who had been so nice was there uh-huh. again, and I said, "You helped me last week when I didn't have my money because I didn't have my yeah. wallet with me. I'm paying for my drinks with my card right now, but I have a five, and I'm giving you this five. You can either use it." For somebody else who needs it, or you can stick it in your tip jar. Yeah. But you were the one who helped me, and I really appreciate it. Uh-huh. You stuck it in her tip jar like nice. a smart woman would. Good. And, uh, but anyway, so I put that Good back job. out in the world. But it was just one of those, I just cu- I just was like, what am I going to do? Yeah. It's going to cost me all my money to turn around and leave the parking yeah. garage. You're right. It, it just... I know. I know. <sighs> I'm sorry. Feeling the spirit of the season, guys. I'm like, I'm just so there with it you. It was like, exhausting. I just, I, yeah, yeah. I completely. Just fuck. Yeah. 
this is a fail. <laughs> so my husband and I took our 11-week-old son to a pumpkin patch the other week to take some cute family photos with the pumpkins. And we get there, and it's one of the first chilly days of fall. We've got them all bundled up in his cute little coat. We're ready to go. So we arrange three pumpkins that he can sit up against them. But what we didn't take into account was his total inability to sit up by himself. So about two seconds after we put him in this cute little pumpkin nest, he falls forward and face plants into the ground, totally screaming. So we pick him up. Uh, Everyone around us is staring and we get him calmed down. But every time we try to put him within five feet of pumpkin after that, (laughs) he just started screaming again. And I'm seriously worried we've ruined pumpkins for him forever. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Oh, oh you've probably ruined pumpkins yep. forever. Pumpkins are ruined. There's something about that, like, uh-huh. 11 months. She says 11 months, yeah. right? There's something about that window where, like, they are sitting up pretty well. Yeah. But I, like, I have on video, like, Katie Bell on a little toy record player. Uh-huh. And she's, like, sitting up and then just out of... I'm like, look yeah. at you. Aren't you cute? Video, video. Yeah. Face plant. Bust yeah. the lip. Uh, babies. Get stronger, babies. What's your problem, Get babies? more coordinated. Come on, babies. It's a pumpkin patch. Anyway, <laughs> well, that's what you get for trying to celebrate the season. Yep. Proof. We should not be trying to celebrate the season. <laughs> Probably not the takeaway. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I Speaking of takeaways, there's no guest today. You just get to bask in the glory of us. Yeah. Yeah. But you know who always feels like a special guest? <laughs> that mom. That mom who's losing their minds mm-hmm. and needs a, needs a place to come. Mm-hmm. Called. Yep. Needs to call. Needs to vent. Needs to let it out or let it go. We need a Disney movie, guys. We need, we need something new to, to play on for this next year besides Is let it, it go. Is it about a sad mom? A, a sad tired mom? mom. <laughs> oh, one day I'm going to put together this montage of all my favorite songs from like princess movies that are all se- that, uh, secret or not secret or clearly the plight of like moms everywhere like yeah. every song's like clean with a smile clean with a whistle i'm working all day it's only eight o'clock and i'm still busy blah, 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 blah. everything's great put on a smile smile uh at least let it go was like fucking let it all go and live in garbage for the next couple of years yeah watch fucking tv and order pizza uh let's listen to a mom have a breakdown hey one bed mother this is definitely a rant today i got to leave my house for about eight hours, which was awesome. My husband had the kids. It was great. Except what was I doing? Six of those hours were spent fundraising for my children and their various <laughs> activities. <sighs> but you know what? I even got to run errands after I was done fundraising for them. And uh, the errands were quite a luxury to shop by myself. And driving home, I thought, you know what? I can do this. Parenting is fulfilling. I just need to recharge my batteries <laughs> and play the music, call for some customers, and get home and be the best mom ever. Got home to chaos, utter chaos, mm. ah, dirty diapers all over the house, and uh, lunch dishes all over the place, toys everywhere, shoes everywhere. I don't even know what all happened today. And uh, even a pack of gum that I had just purchased was completely, I'm not kidding, every single piece, annihilated. 
I lost it. All of the various things that I picked up that were all over the house um, are now up in my closet. Oh, yes. A big lecture happened, which, you know, that doesn't do any good. And kids are crying and uh, went to bed crying and uh, I'm frustrated. And I just think parenting is shitty sometimes. It's thankless. Um, the hours are way too long. I'm really freaking tired. I'm even maybe a little bit hangry. So um, I think I'm going to go drink a glass of wine and uh, maybe listen to an episode of One Bed Mother. <laughs> so thanks, ladies. I love you guys. And I really do love my kids. <laughs> oh, oh that man. is like hold your hand up if that was your day today yeah, you know right? what I mean I know. like there is something about the like okay like for whichever parent it is it doesn't yeah. matter because they, it, you know you're both working one of whoever's home or not like whatever mm-hmm. when one parent takes over watching the kids so the other can quote unquote go do something 90% of the time the go thing the thing that you're going to do mm-hmm is not anything that you want to do. No. You know what I mean? It's like made up of going to the store, running errands, fundraising, or taking your kids to this practice, or blah, 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 blah. It really... And we begin to get into some crazy world where we think it is a luxury to go to Target by ourselves. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not... That is not... You did not just win the lottery getting to go shopping by yourself. No. For things... For toilet paper. Yeah. That's not a luxury. Yeah. So it is hard. And you are doing a really good job across the board and you know so and so are your kids and so are your husband everybody in that picture was probably trying their best yes (laughs) some level definitely and you are doing a good job yeah you are what did we learn today well i think we learned from our rant and from our failures that maybe it's wise to be on the fence mm-hmm. about having kids. Yeah. Why are you guys on the fence, guys? Yeah, what, why, what's not to love? What's not to love about this life-altering experience? <laughs> I don't get it. Why people make it a big deal? It's easy to have kids, guys. Um, ambivalence is okay. Totally okay. It really is. Can I, be helpful. Can be helpful. That's correct. Um, I think we also, I think another good lesson was that applies to lots of things, is if you are on the fence about any kind of big decision, to remember, one, to really try and take into consideration only what it is that you really want, perhaps your partner. But you know what I mean? That Mm -hmm. at least narrows it down to two people. Yeah. Right? As opposed to all the stuff that we think people are thinking about our decisions that probably aren't true. And like we said, if they are true, fuck them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't actually matter. It doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Right? And I know that can be extra hard with in-laws and your own parents mm-hmm. and your own siblings. Like Maybe your group of friends. Even your group of friends. At work. That can be yeah. really hard. Yeah. Um, two, it's okay to change your mind. Yes. About anything, guys. Yeah. Anytime well, you want. Well, until you have the kid. Well, until then you, have you the can't kid. really. Sorry. <laughs> but then you can change your mind about how you feel if you're like, or like how you're approaching sure. things. Sure. Because... You know, for those of us who had a hard time, yeah, uh, I can make adjustments. Oh, as yeah, there's I need lots to. of things about having yeah. kids you can change your mind about for sure. Right. Yeah, no, uh, but you're right. Yeah. Once they're there, <laughs> oops. <laughs> uh, also, I think it's a good, it's a good idea when we're to know what you're looking for when you're asking people for input about things that you're ambivalent about. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, make sure. You're really wanting to listen or even get an opinion from them 
And if you're not, just to be clear, I'm just a sounding board here. I just need you to like let me ramble this out a little bit and my concerns. Uh, and if you are the person who's on the listening side, try and be mindful of what you say and how you say it, you know, or even just ask, what do you want me to tell you? I don't want to say anything that's going to freak you out or make you feel like I'm being judgy or pushy. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's mm-hmm. okay. If somebody's talking to you about this, it's probably because you guys are friends. Yeah. So remember that. You're friends. Did we learn anything else? Well, I think it, we also, I don't know if we mentioned, like, <laughs> I think that, I think that also what's hard about making a decision is that once you make a decision, like, it, that's on you. Yeah. <laughs> so we, you know, yeah. we, we talked about how, like, we both, in the past, we've talked about wanting to have oops babies because yeah. then it's like, oh, I don't have to take, like, oops, I didn't decide this. It just happened to me. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of, it kind of takes the pressure off your decision making. But um, you know what? It's okay to own your decision. Yeah. And it's okay if, like, later there, it ends up being, like, you wish you did something differently or <laughs> later or later somebody disagrees with you or whatever. Yeah. It's okay to just own it. It's hard to own it sometimes, yeah. but it's okay. It is okay. Sometimes you got to embrace it yeah. to move past it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's something really good also about being like, yeah, this is my decision. Yeah, I made this decision. Yeah. And when I stand in my bathroom at 3 in the afternoon, <laughs> uh, you know, saying same as it ever was, same as this is not my beautiful house. How did I get here? That's okay. Yeah. That's embracing it, guys. It is. That's a form of embracing. Yes. You guys are all doing an amazing job regardless of where you are on that fence. Maybe you should go paint that fence. Yeah. Maybe. Can we, like, can we somehow, like... You know, Tom Sawyer, this fence that we're Could having we a problem with. Could we knock down the fence? Could we and just convince all live somebody together else? in harmony? I think we should convince somebody else to come paint our fence for us. Okay. I love painting fences, guys. Love sitting on fences. Um, ouch! Ouch! I need a soft fence. I need a modern fence. <laughs> How about like a little hill, a hilly, grassy knoll? Yeah, instead, instead of sitting of on fence. the fence, let's relax on a hill. See which way we roll down, guys, because falling off a fence doesn't sound very good. You're all doing a great job, regardless of what your decision was. Teresa? Yes. You are doing a good job, and you are going to be okay tomorrow. Thank you. Even when you're not, it's okay to not. Okay. And I am very proud of you for doing this for your son. Thank you. That is... That I think it's really it's it's much easier to avoid these horrible, terrifying things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of uh, I don't know, it, it takes a lot to do this for your family. And it is a good job that you're doing. Thank and it you. It's a really good job for Oscar. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're doing a good job too, Biz. Thank you. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right.
We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. If you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show, then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, fussing by, not throw down Mama Blue. Oh, Daddy, baby, fussing by, not throw down Mama Blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.